Good to be in the house of the Lord once again tonight. Good to see everyone that was able to come tonight. Many different faces from this morning. God bless each one. Amen. Why don't we just take our Bibles right away and turn to the book of First Chronicles, chapter 16. Thank you to the musicians. Thank you for that special, Sister Terry. Really appreciated that. I was thinking, you know, I think. Brother Bran, I'm sure, would have appreciated a song like that. You know, Lord, stand by my side. You know, when here we have to stand against the world, but we have one another. But there was a man that had to stand in front of ministers knowing that he was going to have to say things that they didn't agree with. You know, Lord, stand by my side. And there was the Lord faithful, always there. Amen. First Chronicles chapter 16. <clears throat> and we'll read verse 1, and then we'll jump down to verse 7. So they brought the ark of God and set it in the midst of the tent that David had pitched for it. And they offered burnt sacrifices and peace offerings before God. And in verse 7 it says, then on that day, David delivered first this psalm of thank, to thank the Lord into the hand of Asaph and his brethren. Give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him. Sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength continue, uh, seek the Lord and his strength, seek his face continually. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and his judgments, the judgments of his mouth. Amen. May the Lord add his blessing to the word. You get to have your seats. Why don't we just pray together? Just add the Lord blessing upon the service. Heavenly Father, Lord. We can never pray too much. Lord Jesus, your prophet taught us that. and Lord, we want to just come and ask that you would have the preeminence in this service. Lord, forgive me for just getting nervous and, and not thinking of you as quickly as I should, Lord. Father, may you just come and bless the reading of the word, bless the hearing of it, anoint it to our hearts, Lord, how we're just hungering to hear more from you, Lord. Father, 
I'm just right here with these people, Lord. Lord, I want more of you, Lord. And Father, we came here tonight to rejoice in your presence. We know you said wherever two or three would gather in your name, there I am in the midst of them. Lord, you're here. We know you're here because you always keep your word. And Lord, we just commit this service to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. My wife was watching the service this morning. She managed to catch the last bit of it. And, and uh, my little daughter, Kezia, she's two years old now, and she's seen me on the screen preaching. She says, is that Daddy? Yeah, that's Daddy. Can I say hi to him? Yeah, you can. So <laughs> she was saying, hi, Daddy. So if she's listening, this is hi to Kezia. You brothers that have girls, you pray for me. You know what it's like. I'm just beginning to learn. And Brother Ray, you're nodding your head back there. My, it's quite an amazing thing. They're so special. You know, I never was sitting on my couch and, and want to have one of my boys bringing me little sips of tea until the teapot ran out. But, you know, there my daughter will be, the tea's cold, and here, Daddy, have some more tea, have some more tea. Hey, boy, I sure missed out on a lot having four boys before I had a girl. <laughs> but, you know, here, we want to just go to the Word and all humor aside. Here was David now, and he was bringing the ark of God back to Jerusalem. And what a, a blessed time to live in, just like our day when the the word has returned back and is being restored. And David was so inspired that he was dancing before the ark of the Lord. And, and, and there uh, his wife was making fun of him. His wife was looking down and, and saying, David, you're the king. What are you doing dancing around before the ark of the Lord? Control yourself. Try to be a little more mature. Try to be a little more appropriate amongst the people. But David said, don't you know that I was dancing before the Lord? I was worshiping my God. There's something about it that the Bible says that we ought to be as little children. We, we need to mature in the word of God, but that doesn't make us cold and starchy and, and formal and can't move around and can't rejoice. But there's something about being in the presence of God that, that we just can't help but rejoice. And we want to speak tonight about let your heart rejoice. David was there and he got so inspired, he began to, to uh, put this psalm together and he gave it to Asaph and his brethren and said, give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Oh, it's, it's, we, we need to talk about God more often. We need to talk about the things that he does in our life. We need to tell testimonies more often about his wonderful works. We're always willing to tell testimonies about the things that we did and, and, and the, the wise cracks that we told and, and how we got this guy and, oh, we, we made this good deal over here and we got the promotion at work. But do we tell the good deeds of the Lord? Do we tell the things that he has done for us and the, the testimonies in our lives that come from the Lord. He says, call upon his name and make known his deeds. Sing unto him. Sing psalms unto him. 
talk ye of all his wondrous works. Amen. Maybe we just heard about what God did somewhere over here, and we heard about what God did over there. Oh, but it didn't happen in our lives. But that doesn't mean we can't talk about it. That doesn't mean, that's why brothers will send out testimonies and, and send out pamphlets, say, look what God's doing in the world over here. Look what God's doing over here, over there. They're talking about God's wondrous works, and it, and it increases faith in our hearts and causes us to rejoice because God is good. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. And that's what we want to talk about tonight. Let the heart of them rejoice that, that seek the Lord. We've got to let our hearts rejoice. Oh, you don't have to. You, you, can, you can let. Can, question for you. Can you let somebody do something if they don't want to do it? You can't do it. You can't let somebody, you can try to make somebody do something that they don't want to do, but you can't let them do it. So look at the way that, that David says this. He says, let your heart rejoice. So by saying that, he's not saying make yourself rejoice, but he's saying let your heart rejoice. So your heart already wants to rejoice. There's already something inside of you that's being stirred up that says, I'm, I'm excited. I want to I wanna express myself. I want to rejoice in the Lord. But it's us that holds it down. It's us that, that clamps it down and says, whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't want to make a scene about ourselves over here. We don't want to get too excited. People might look at us. People might wonder what we're all excited about. But David said, let your heart rejoice. The word of God has returned. So let your heart rejoice. But you can't, you can't let somebody do something if they don't want to do it. Somebody would come to you, you're walking around and in the zoo and you're viewing the animals and you see the big lion in the cage and, and, and my, he's just a fierce beast and he's there and he's growling and he's roaring and the zookeeper come along and say, hey, if you want, I'll open the door and I'll let you go in there. Well, you might be willing to let me go in there, but I am not interested. What are you doing in that cage and the, the lion is, is attacking you? Well, the zookeeper let me in. Well, that's wonderful, but you were crazy to go in there. Or somebody could walk up to you with a, with a poisonous steak and say, oh, I'll let you hold this if you'd like. No, thank you. Wonderful of you to let me do that, but I'll be just fine. Why? Because there's nothing in you that wants to do that. I mean, some people enjoy that kind of a thing, but that's not for me. They say, I'll, I'll, let, you, I'll let you climb this mountain here with this frayed climbing rope. Well, you'll let me do that. Well, that's wonderful, but I, I'll, take the, I'll take the one that's new. I'll take the one that doesn't have any phrase in it. Oh, but I'll let you do this. Oh, I know you'll let me do it, but I don't want to. And you're not going to make me. There's nothing in you that's going to want to do that. Maybe you're getting on the airplane to go, to go minister somewhere, to, to go to a job somewhere, to, 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 to go on a, on a vacation somewhere, and you, you walk up to the, to, to the on-ramp and, and the flight attendants say, well, sir, we have an extra option today. We'll let you ride in the cargo compartment if you'd like. Amazing. I've never heard of this option before, but there's nothing in me that desires to do that. So I think I'll just have a seat in the, in the passenger compartment, even if it's in the, the back of the economy section. That's good enough for me, but I have no desire to ride in the bottom. 
So there's no desire in you to do many things, but, but David now says, let your heart rejoice. Because there's something inside of you that desires to worship God, that desires to rejoice over the things that God has done for you. So let it rejoice. 1 John 5 and verse 10 says, He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. There's something inside of you that's testifying. There's something inside of you that's witnessing that there's been a change on the inside. There's been something that, that's happened down in there. It says, has the witness in itself, he that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that, God's, that God gave of his son. And this is the record. This is that which is being held down in your heart, that God hath given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. So there's, there's a witness down inside that says that God has given me eternal life. There's something testifying down in my heart that says I've got eternal life. And what is it? It bubbles up on the inside and says I have to rejoice. I have to worship God because he gave me eternal life. It makes you excited. It makes you happy. It, it, makes you, it sets you apart from the world because you've been called, you've been chosen, and you heard the call, and you received the call, and there's something down inside of you that witnesses and says, I've got it. Something happened. Praise God, I'm alive forevermore. But the rest of the world thinks you're crazy. Can you imagine you go to, you go to work and, and you're sitting around the lunchroom and everyone's, everyone's just telling their jokes and laughing and, and carrying on and, and, and looking on their, on their phones and, and not paying attention to what's going on around them. And, and, and all of a sudden you stand up and say, hold on everybody. I just got something to say. I just want you to know that I've got eternal life. And they would just look at you like, Please sit back down. We were just enjoying these, these memes and these comments here. Please don't bother me with such ridiculousness. Where did you come up with this? But there's something down on the inside that you're excited. And there's all kinds of circumstances and, and situations around us that, that, that make us clamp down and, and, and hold that in because we don't want to be different. But you are different. You are a peculiar people. You're a royal priesthood. You're a chosen generation. And there's something inside of you that wants to get out, that wants to be expressed, that wants to rejoice in the God of your salvation. So don't hold it down. You're sons and daughters of God. Manifested sons of God. We're living in your day. The spirit of adoption is crying from within us, crying, Abba, Father. You've not received the spirit of bondage, but the, we, we get, it, it, it gets so common around us and, and so permeates our lives as we rub shoulders with the world. The spirit of bondage. And, and, and we rub shoulders. So, so when we come together, we have to remind ourselves that we are not under the spirit of bondage. But we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So we got no reason to be sad. We got no reason to be weary, to be down, because we've got something that's life-transforming, that has turned us around and given us something to be excited about every day. Whether we're in the depths of despair, in the depths of sickness, in the depths of trial, we still have something to be excited about because this is the record that we have eternal life in Jesus Christ. 
We are children of the Lord. We have a right to shout and sing. Oh, you love to rejoice in your Father's works. Oh, that's what I love about little children. They love to rejoice in their Father's works. They love to rejoice in, in, in what Dad can do. My, when your boys are young and they're little, oh, you're just the strongest man in the world. There's nothing that's stronger than dad. When they get into their teenage years, they, they tend to try to change their idea about that. But, but, you know, when they're real young, there's something that's so precious about that, that, you know, dad's walking around and maybe you walk into work one morning, your shoulder's back and... My, how come that scrawny little guy's all excited? Because at home, he's got some children that are looking at him, looking up at him, saying, there goes my dad. He's the best dad. He's the biggest. He's the strongest. There's nothing that can take him down. And you go to work, and it doesn't matter what anybody else says because your children love you. And that's our heavenly Father. Oh, we just look to him because he's the strongest one. It doesn't matter that his works are foolishness to the world in the eyes of the world, but we know our Father. We know how strong he is. We know that nothing can hold him down. We know that all things are possible to them that believe. The Israelites refused to worship. Not David, of course, but, but there they were in the wilderness. And they were, were refusing to let their hearts rejoice. Oh, they just did their very best to be bitter and to be upset and to be, to be uptight about everything that they went through. In Hebrews 3, he talks about it. It says in verse 8, Harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart. There was something wrong down on the inside. They had so much to be happy about. They had so much to be excited about. But there was something wrong down in the inside. There was something wrong down there that even though all of the, the, the great things God had done for them, yet they would be bitter and they would complain about it. So God says, don't harden your hearts like them. There was something wrong with them. They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. So that's what it was. It was unbelief in their hearts that kept them from rejoicing in the works of God. In departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily. Well, it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So what, what is it that would bring our hearts to this condition that the Israelites found themselves in? It was the deceitfulness of sin. The deceitfulness of sin. And that's the day that we live in a day, well, there's deceitfulness of sin in every day, but how much greater in Satan's Eden is there a deceitfulness of sin? Is there a constant bombardment of the deceitfulness of sin? Oh, look at this. Isn't it wonderful? Look, if, if, you, just, if you just give everything and, and don't quit giving your money to the Lord, spend it all on yourself, you could get so much further ahead. You could have so much more. You could, you could uh, if, if you just quit trying to be 
in church all the time. You could, you could go work in this other country and, 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 it would, and, and you'd make more money and oh, you could build yourself an empire and you could have this money and you could have these cars and you could have this. The deceitfulness of sin. I was talking to Brother Dave this morning after the service, and he was saying, Brother, I, I had to go back up. I've been working up north again. And I, and I was thinking this afternoon, I was thinking, Brother Dave, that's such a testimony. There, you got to go. You got to go work in these places. How many people go to work in these places and never come back? They just take that as an excuse to go and run from the Lord and, and say, well, it was too hard. But it wasn't too hard because there's Brother Dave. He goes out and he works and, and here he comes back and he's just pressing on, serving the Lord. Why? Because, because he hasn't fallen for the deceitfulness of sin. Amen. So, so there, God will raise up testimonies, and God is raising up testimonies in our midst of so many, so many different things of, of things that people use as excuses to say, I, I can't serve God because of this. Well, God raised up somebody over here that's serving him anyhow. So harden not your hearts. Exhort one another daily. Well, it was called today. Amen. That's what the, the, the Lord is speaking through. Paul saying, exhort one another daily. Well, it's called today. Encourage one another. Oh, if we see our hearts getting hard, let's, let's bump each other with the elbow. We can't shake hands, so we've got to elbow bump each other. Say, come on, brother. Let, let's pick yourself up. Come on. We're in this together. Every joint supplying. We need you, brother. We need you, sister. Let's keep pressing on with God. Oh, we need prayer. Let's get down and pray with one another. We, whatever we need. We need encouragement. Let's encourage one another. Oh, they were so quick to forget God's marvelous works. God brought them out from Egypt and brought them to the Red Sea, and they immediately turned around. Oh, Moses, did you bring us out here to die? And God delivered them and brought them across the Red Sea. Oh, Moses, we're dying of hunger. Did you bring us out here to die? And God would provide food for them. Oh, Moses, we're dying of thirst. Did you bring us out here to die? We would have been better off in Egypt. They just complained and God delivered them and they rejoiced. But then they complained and God delivered them and they rejoiced. And then they complained again and finally God said, I'm done. They'll not enter into my rest. Oh, let us not be like them, but let us encourage one another. Amen. There's a deceitfulness that we need to be so careful of because it's deceitful. Satan wants to come in like a serpent and sneak into our lives in different ways. And, 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 and those that we're close with, maybe we can see that better than others. So we need to wait upon the Lord for them and say, Lord, help my brother, help my sister, help my husband, help my wife. And we need to approach it in the right way. Lord, what can I do to help them? What can I do to help them overcome this? What can I do to, to help them press the battle? What can I do to encourage them? And many times, all we can do is just live an example before them and just, just show them the power of God in our lives. Like Brother Branham said, if, if your wife isn't serving God, you don't get, hold on to her and say, devil, get out of her, devil, get out of her. But no, bring her a box of chocolates. 
winner by love. And, and you know, there's so many demons in this age, 200,000, thousand spiritual demons loosed against this, the church and the spiritual that we are fighting against. And we have to admit that we have a battle ahead of us, that there's demons on every side. And we think, oh, why are my children talking about this? Why are they talking about this? Why did they go on this website? Why are they hanging out with these friends? Because they're fighting devils. And it gets harder as every generation goes on. But there's an overcoming word that will overcome that. So we don't need to get discouraged about it. We don't need to get weary about it. But God will provide a way. Because he knew about these devils that would come. He knew about the flood of the enemy. And the Bible says that he would raise up a standard against it. We don't got to turn to psychology and, oh, well, let me get some help books. Read this book from so-and-so. Read that book from so-and-so. No, just get into the Word of God and God will make a way because it's not something physical that we're fighting against, but we wrestle against, against spirits, demon spirits, spiritual wickedness in high places. Darkness. But there was Israel so quick to forget his marvelous works. But Brother Branham says in the message, we would see Jesus in 1958. He says, if the scripture says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then he must be the same. Or the scripture is wrong. And if the scripture is wrong, where are we at? And what condition is the whole world in tonight? Remember, Jesus said, the scriptures cannot be broken. That come from the mouth of Christ, the Son of God. The scriptures cannot be broken. And if the scripture says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he has to be the same or the scripture, scriptures are wrong. Now let's bring God to his word. If God don't keep his word, then he's not God. But if he does keep his word, we should be the happiest people on the earth because God keeps his word. Amen. So what do we got to be happy about? God keeps his word. Amen. And we know that he promised overcoming. We know that, that he promised to make a way for us. He know he promised, I'll be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you to the end of the world. So if he promised that, then he will keep his word. And he'll be with us right to the end. He knows how hard it's going to get. He knows how difficult it's going to get. He knows how the things we're going through today is getting us down on our knees and seeking him and saying, Lord, make a way for us to get together. Make a way for us to be able to have church like we used to have church. He knows that it would bring us to a place where we would call out upon him. Saying, Lord, we just want to worship you. Lord, we just want to get your sons and daughters together so we can praise our God. So we can lift up your name with no hindrances. In Philippians, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I hope you weren't looking for a real deep service tonight. I'm not very good at preaching deep. I just like to preach to encourage you. I just like to let the Holy Spirit move because he knows what's in your heart. He knows what you're going through. I don't know, but he knows. He's the one that's in control. You keep pulling, you keep praying, and God will speak to your heart. He's the one that's leading the church. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Oh, so we 
should never be ashamed. We should never be hindered in our worship. We should never be hesitant to say, thank you, Lord. Be careful for nothing. That means don't be worried about anything. Don't be fretful about anything. Be worried for nothing. Be careful for nothing. Does that mean we can just go out and just get our our car out there and do 200 kilometers an hour down the road? I don't got to be worried about a thing. No, that's not what the scripture is talking about. This, this, is, this scripture is talking to believers. Amen. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, everything that you're going to do, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto the Lord. So when you're going to set your heart to do something, and then you're concerned that things could go wrong, what, what should we do? If we're not sure about how it's going to turn out, we're not sure about, about what tomorrow holds, so, so, so we're kind of a little bit nervous, then take that before the Lord by prayer and supplication. Make our requests with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto the Lord. Oh, what did David say? Oh, rejoice in what he's done. Glory in his holy name. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. So th- that means you're still just seeking the Lord. That, that means that you haven't necessarily received an answer yet. But you're seeking the Lord. And you're, you're hungry for more of God. But he says, let your heart rejoice even though you're just still in the seeking process, still in the waiting process. But like Paul says, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to the Lord. Knowing that he will provide. And then when we approach him in that way, say, Lord, thy will be done, then we can go from there and not be careful for anything. Not be worried about it anymore, but just press on knowing that we're doing the best we can to, according to everything that we know and take one step forward after a time by faith. Not worried and down, oh, is this going to work? Is this going to work? Oh, I'm not so sure. Oh, maybe I need to check again. Maybe I need to pray some more. But no, just trusting in our Father, that if we're going in the wrong direction, that he's going to turn us around. And just move forward in faith, rejoicing in the God of our salvation. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes, passeth all understanding, might keep your hearts. No, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Shall keep you. He shall keep you. He shall watch over you. He'll give you such a peace about it. Because why? Because you sought God's will. Because you said, Lord, I want your way. Lord, I'm not doing this because because it's my way. Lord, I want your way. Lord, if your way is different from what I'm setting out to do, then Lord, turn me around. And because we approach God that way, Paul says, the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts. Oh, let's approach God in that kind of a way so that we can live in that kind of a way. So we can live in peace without uncertainty because we live in an age of uncertainty. 
We live in an age where nobody knows, am I going to have a job tomorrow? Am I, am I going to, is there going to be more money coming in or should I save my money? Everybody's, everybody's wondering, nobody wants to spend, everybody wants to save and, and, and there's hardly any jobs to come by and everybody's wondering, what about tomorrow? What's it going to be like? What's the new normal going to be? But if we move forward and make our requests known to God, we can live in peace. Not, not concerned, not worried, not fretting, not nervous, but we can live in peace. The peace that passes all understanding where the world's looking at you and shaking their head and saying, how are you happy? How are you okay? I just told you that I have no more work for you. How is it that you're not upset? Because you're not providing for my needs. But I sign your paycheck every two weeks, but you're not the one providing. God provided this job. And when he provided this job, he'll provide me another job. God will make a way. So we can walk forward in the peace of God that passes all understanding. It'll keep our hearts and our minds in this age of anxiety when people's minds are going crazy. Yet when you make your prayer before God, his Peace will keep your mind, will keep your hearts. When everybody's heart is thumping, saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know about my family. Is there a future for my children? But because you put your request before the Lord, you got the peace of God in your heart. Like David said, sing psalms to him. Oh, we got something to be happy about. Because God is watching over us. If God be for us, who can be against us? And the world has tried so hard to convince us that COVID-19 can be against us. But if God be for us, who can be against you? Amen. I heard a prophet's message that said that I don't need to fear cancer. If I don't have to be afraid of cancer, why do I got to be afraid of a cold? Even if it's bad enough to put me on my deathbed, why should I fear it? Because God is on my side. Though he slay me, yet I'll serve him. Are we Christians? Amen. Do we love the Lord? Do we serve him with all of our hearts? Then what do we got to be afraid of? Sing psalms to him. When the world is all depressed and saying, we got to fight this, we got to fight for our rights, oh, we should be allowed to take our masks off, and oh, it's, a, it's against our rights, what do we got to worry about? If they want us to wear masks, we'll wear masks. We'll make them happy, whatever it takes. They're, they're, not, they're not coming against the word of God. We can walk down the streets and rejoice anyways. They just won't be able to see the smile on our faces. Maybe that's why they put those regulations. They were tired of seeing believers smiling all the time. Talk of his wondrous works. What did you say? Oh, God is good all the time. They just didn't want to hear that anymore. Let's just cover that up. We don't want to listen to them praising God all the time. That's all right. We'll praise the Lord anyways. But talk of his wondrous works. Not to make a joke of it, but, you know, we need to just love our Lord anyways and forget about what the world's doing. They don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. Glory in his holy name. 
Oh, like a flower that wants to open up its petals and let the sweet fragrances out and its glory be seen as it praises God. Oh, just let our lives just, just, just rejoice before our Father and just give praise and give glory and honor to Him that others walking by might feel the presence of God, might know that there's still peace in this world, that there's still some who are faithful, who are not worried about anything, who are not concerned but are just loving the Lord with all their hearts. In Revelations 5 and verse 13, John said, And every creature which was in heaven and on earth and under the earth such as are in the sea, and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. What happened? John saw redemption's plan. And there it was sealed up in that book and, and, and the believers were reading it and not understanding what they were reading about. And John, why were you so excited about it? I can't tell you. It's sealed up. I'm not allowed to write about it. But oh, it's so exciting. Oh, it's, it's something that'll just make you jump and shout. And oh, they were looking forward and they were looking down. But you got to see it. Have you seen redemption's plan? Have you seen that God has redeemed you back, not just back to the faith of the fathers, but that he's redeemed you back all the way to the Garden of Eden? That one day him and his bride are going to step out in a Garden of Eden once again. Oh, and all of heaven heard John rejoicing. And in our day, we can see the same thing. How can we not rejoice? How can we hold it down and say, heart, keep it down? Heart? Not today. i got a busy day today. But let your heart rejoice. Let it out. Just give praise to your God. Because he has redeemed you from every kindred, tongue, and nation. Oh, he didn't sit there with his arms crossed and his chin on his hand. Hmm. That's how he did it. Incredible. I never thought about that when he was walking on earth. No, when he seen that, he was just dancing and praising God. Hallelujah! Oh, blessing and glory and honor. He seen his Lord take the book. There was nothing going to hold him down. There was no analyzing. There was no critical thinking. No, he, he knew that his redemption was sure. He knew that it was a finished work. Oh, do you know it's a finished work? David said in Psalms 37, he says, I have been young, and now I am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth. His seed is blessed. Oh, his seed is blessed. Amen. I have been young. And now I'm old, David said. Maybe I can't say I'm old. Maybe Brother Ed will have to elaborate on this later. But, you know, he says, I've been young, but now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen them forsaken. I've never seen them begging for bread. God always made a way. Though times were tough and things got hard and the cupboards were empty, but somehow God always made a way. Oh, have you ever been in financial trouble before? 
Did God make a way for you? Don't you think he'll make a way for you again? Have you been sick before? Has God healed you? Don't you think he'll heal you again? Has the Lord delivered you from the snare of Satan? Don't you think if the devil ever snares you up again that God can deliver you again? Amen. Israel, you know, every time they'd go through a trial and they'd get bogged down and and, then Satan would trap them up and, oh, they would have nothing. And they would get depressed and, oh, my, we're we're just going to die out here. But God doesn't want us to be like that. He wants us to look back on his wondrous works. See, he brought us out of Egypt. He delivered us from the Egyptians. Surely he will bring us through the Red Sea. And look back and say, he brought us through the Red Sea. Surely he will bring water to quench our thirst. Oh, he quenched our thirst. Surely now that we run out of food, he will provide food. How pleased God would have been with them if they would have approached it like that. So that's how we ought to approach it. When we go through sickness, when we go through trials, when we go through the bondage, when, when Satan comes against us and traps us up and gets us in a place where we feel like we can't move. Don't feel like it's all over. Don't feel like there's no way out, but look like Jonah. Like you heard on Friday night, look like Jonah towards the temple. God will bring deliverance. Know that when it looks impossible, yet he will make a way. There was Jonah in the fish saying, Lord, Solomon said, if I pray, if I'll turn my face towards your temple, oh, that you'll make a way for me. And God made a way for Jonah. There was no doorway. There was no, even if he could get out of the fish, he was in the midst of the ocean. He would have just drowned there. God had to do the impossible. But that's the God we serve is a God that can do the impossible. So when you look in your life and you say, oh, I'm sure nobody's been through this before. I'm sure it's impossible. Then you're just in the spot where God can show you his wondrous works. So don't get upset. Don't don't forget about God. Don't say, Lord, have you brought me here to die? No, say, Lord, I'm just expecting just any day now. I'm expecting to see you moving in my life. I'm expecting to see what you're going to do in this trial. It's a hard thing to do. Because we're suffering. We're in a hard place like Jonah. It, we're suffering. We're, we're there. We're, we're trapped. We can't get out. There's no way that we can get out. So it's a hard thing to do to look to God and say, Lord, I know you'll make a way. But that's where we just have to rely upon him. Say, Lord, it's impossible. My strength is not good enough. But, Lord, you said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Lord, be my strength. When we look back as we go down the road and we look back and we see, oh, there's just one set of footprints in the sands of time. Lord, how come you leave me? Oh, I didn't leave you there. That's where I was carrying you. And when we look back in our life and we, and we see, I couldn't have made it through there on my own. God had to have carried me through that. God had had to have picked me up. Oh, how we ought to rejoice. Always. Second Corinthians 5.1 says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Oh, we've, we've got a place. Even, even if we're at the end of the road, we say, Lord, 
Lord, I don't know if you're going to bring me through this. I'm so sick I could die tomorrow. Is that a reason to be down? Is that a reason to be wearied? No, that's a reason to keep rejoicing because even if this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, there's another one waiting just on the other side. Oh, we've got, we've got so much to be happy about. We've got so much to rejoice about. And when, we, when you got the fullness of the word and you got everything there before you to feed upon and you got the full resources in front of you, oh, there's, there, there's nothing to keep you from overcoming. There's nothing to keep you from every promise. If God be for us, who can be against us? Psalms 103, David says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Oh, as the musicians come, we can get so, we can get so bogged down. We can get so troubled. We can, we can get so uh, far along in life that we forget all the things that he's done for us. You know, even sometimes me, I'm only 35, and I can look back, and I forget some of the things that God has done for me. So sometimes I got to stop, and I got to look back and remember when I was 10 years old, the things God did for me, the things God delivered me from, the things God healed me from. I can remember just little things, little, little, I had a little thing on my foot one time when I was about 10 years old, and oh, I was so scared to go to the doctor, and I didn't want to go to the doctor, so I wouldn't tell mom about it, and I would limp on my foot and try to walk normally, and, and, but I just got to praying, saying, Lord, Lord, I know you can heal my foot. Lord, I don't know what this is, but I know you can heal my foot, and one day that little growth just came off of there, and it was gone. When I was 10 years old, I have to look back and remember the things that God did for me. When I'm going through trials, Lord, you did this for me back here, so I know that you will keep me through the future. Oh, can we stand on our feet, rejoice tonight? I've got so much to thank him for. When, when I look around and see the good things, he has done for me, I know I'm not worthy of them all. Oh, and his blessings that he freely gives, I know. Oh, my whole life to him, I've got so much to thank him for. Yes, I've got so much to thank him for. He has been so good to me. Oh, has he been good to you? When I think of what he's done and where he's brought me from, I've got so much to thank him for. Yes, and sometimes, well, on this way I need, and I stop and say, thank you, Lord.
just bow our heads together for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, you have done so many great things for us, Lord. How could we not love you back? Lord Jesus, we weren't looking for, for you, Lord. You were looking for us. You were calling our name. Adam, Adam, where art thou? You were calling out to us, Lord, and Lord, we heard your call. Lord, we answered it. We said, Lord, here I am. Lord Jesus, I want you, Lord. Forgive my sins. Forgive my failures. Forgive my shortcomings. Take me as your own, Lord. Oh, Father, forgive us, Lord, where we've gotten bitter. Forgive us, Lord, where we've gotten critical, Lord Jesus. Sometimes just looking too much on the carnal things. But, Lord, those who are spiritual, we must be spiritually minded. Lord, help us to always keep our eyes upon Jesus Christ. Lord, not to look at the things of this world, not to look at, at the cares of this world, not to look at, at, the, at, at the, the mistakes that one another make. But, Lord, may we, look, may we find Jesus Christ in the lives of our brothers and sisters. May we see the wondrous works that you have done. May we glory in your holy name, Lord God. Oh, for truly, Lord, our name is not worth much. We make so many mistakes. We have so many faults, so many failures, Lord, but your name is holy. Your name is great. Your name is worthy to be praised. Your name is worthy, Lord, and Lord, you have done so much for us. Lord, you, you shed your blood to cover our sins, Lord. Lord, woe be to us that we would dig through one another's lives and pull up each other's past sins. Well, you did this over here. You did that. Lord, may we learn to forgive just like you forgave us, Lord Jesus. Lord, may we forgive one another and love one another because you said that by this all men would know that we are your disciples, that we have love one for another. Oh, may we just see the wonderful things that you have done in each other's lives and just rejoice about it, Lord. May we just go home tonight and just, just rehearse in our minds and just think and talk in our, amongst our families. And Lord, the things that you've done for us, the things that you've done for our loved ones, the things that you brought us through, the sicknesses that you healed us from, Lord. 
even so many little things, Lord, that you healed us from, Lord Jesus, that we take so for granted. Lord, we just thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory, Lord. You are worthy. We bless your name, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Do you know that song, Taste and See That the Lord is Good? Do you have it on the projection? Yeah. yeah. I sought the Lord, and he answered me.
Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your name. Oh, you are so wonderful, Lord. How we love you. Amen. Amen. I sure have enjoyed being with you today, being able to share the word with you. Just appreciate you, everyone, and appreciate your love for the Lord. Brother Ed, please come. Amen. We've also enjoyed it, haven't we? Amen. We see before us a generation rising, maturing, a bride coming together. I believe we're living in a different place than the world is living in. I don't believe we need to wake up and worry about what the latest stats are, how many people have contracted a virus. I, I, I don't even look at those things hardly. I say, Lord, we're on our way home. <laughs> we're rejoicing as we go. I'm rejoicing night and day as I walk this narrow way. Well, I, I won't sing that. I won't sing that. But I'll tell you what, I feel like singing tonight. Sure started well on the weekend. Brother John took the service on worship, just opened a little channel, and Brother Stephen just stepped into that and took it a little further. You know, I, I, I just can't help but think. Have you, ever, have you ever really cut loose on something, anything in your life? You know, what, whatever it may be, quadding. You know, may, maybe, it's, maybe it's, you know, golfing. You know, maybe it, it's, it's, it, it's, do it, you know, just doing something, telling a joke and just had a hearty laugh. What about in the Lord? Have you ever really cut loose? You know, that, that there was a key in that last song. Just, just put up verse 3 of, of Taste and See. Uh, no, no, sorry, the other one. Um, he's saying, I, I got so much to put up verse 3. You know, there, there's a little key on that. I, I, I've thought... There's people in our church, and I'm not, I'm not I, I can point to myself. I got lead feet sometimes, too. But what it's going to be like when you actually step over the line, yeah. <laughs> like I just did, and actually cross into eternity, and you look back and you think, I, I'm here. I've made it. What, what are you going to do? Are, are you going to say, Wow. I, you know what? This is nice. No, I, I guarantee you, you won't be saying, this is nice. I, I think something's going to kick in. I think something's going to happen that's going to put you over the top. And the people that walked in with you say, is this the person I sat beside in the pew all this time? Is this the German background that I've seen all these years? No. This is going to be a rejoicing. I want to thank him for letting me see this last day's end time mystery. I know my name is in the book. You know, yeah, you know, when, there, the, when there's a last will and testament, somebody dies. The Lord Jesus died. But he gave a last will and a testament. And he sealed it in a book. And so at every age, somebody from that book would be called to the reading of the will. And when you're called to the reading of the will, uh, 
I wonder if he left me anything. No, the fact that you're called ought to give you a rejoicing. You're called because your name is in the book. That ought to already set, uh, you know, Brother Max, you preach on your joy shoes. Is that what you preach on? That ought to put your joy shoes on. Get your work boots off and put your joy shoes on. Get your sandals off and put your joy shoes on. That ought to do something for you. My name is on the book. The seals, they have been real. That day when you actually get there, <coughs> and whoever it is, your Aunt Martha, your Uncle John, but when they open the book, when they tear the seals, and your name is called and your name is mentioned, I have left this for you. I'll tell you what, that sets you in motion. It does something for you. And that's exactly where we're at. Well, I haven't seen any body change yet. Well, it's the same with the reading of the will. The fact that you've seen your name, the seal has been broken, it's been opened up, you haven't come to, but it's a guarantee. There's an executor called the Holy Ghost, and that executor will bring the promise to you. And while that promise is coming, you have a right to rejoice and sing. You have a right to thank God. Friends, when the book was opened, and when those that saw their names, where the seals were tore off, what did they do? The Bible says they sang a new song. The Holy Spirit so identified this. When Brother Branham was speaking, questions and answers, is this the bride? No, no, it's not the bride. He goes on, stop, halt. And then he, is somebody sick? Is something wrong here? And he says, no, read the question again. And he says, yes, this is the bride. This is her name. She can sing a new song. Oh, is COVID happening around? Yes. Do I know what's going to happen? No. But can I sing a new song? Absolutely. Rejoice. Let, let. I'm not going to make you rejoice tonight. Because when I make you, you're stiff, you're starchy. But I'm going to say, let yourself let yourself. That ought to have been a revelation. Rejoice. Rejoice. We can sing that one. How's that sound? You, you, you know, I'm just going to say, I'm not going to force you. But I'm going to say, let yourself rejoice. Okay, so if it has to start with, let it start with that. If it has to kick in a little quicker, let it go that way. But rejoice in what the Lord has done. I remember when I was living in darkness, shone the light around me so I
about it. Look what the Lord has done. He shone the light around me so I could clearly see my way out. When the land rose to claim, I clearly saw my name. Sometimes, God bless you. <laughs> There's a sister I, back there, and she's sitting up top. And but sometimes we get to singing, and she sits on the edge, but she starts to go into the aisle, you know. And I see she's—I I can't mention her name, but she's married to Brother Moses. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> uh, but anyway, I watch her, and you know what? Back in her country, where she comes from, they don't limit their rejoicing to just singing. It actually gets into their feet. You know, and then they start to go into the aisle and, you know, so I was watching her. She's holding a little one today. So she, but I, the little one's actually sleeping real good because it's getting rocked right now. So it, it's a good thing to have happen. Really, it is. Tomorrow morning when you're out at lunch and all the guys are there and they start telling you, sit back down because you got eternal life. Just tell them, my dad is bigger than your dad. <laughs> Amen. I, I, I tell you what, Jesus gave his disciples power to cast out all kinds of devils and things. And then he actually says, notwithstanding, don't rejoice in this. Rejoice because your names are written on the Lamb's book of life. I think this is the greatest thing that we ever could have. Eternal life. Since I saw my name on the book since I saw my name in the book of redemption, since I saw my name in the book, I have communion now with Christ my Redeemer, since I saw my name in the book, since I saw He'll do it again and again and again. God can. God. God can do it again and again and again. 
same God today as He always has been yesterday and forever. He's always the same. 